Welcome to The Real Journey Show. On this podcast, you can expect guests of all backgrounds and professions to share a real journey they have experienced in this thing called life. From origin to current, the rocky ups and downs in the middle, and what is yet to come. The journeys of each guest will vary, but there is one thing that will remain constant. The listeners will be reminded that life experiences have a compelling way of connecting us, inspiring us, and empowering us to stay real. I am Tara Martin, your host of The Real Journey Show. Welcome back to The Real Journey Show. We are super excited that you decided to join the show again this week. Um, I think we're going to do things just a little bit different this week. Normally, I have a guest on the show and we interview them. And I do have a guest on the show. He just happens to be my friend, my boss. Um, and I thought that I would invite Dave on the show today. If you don't know Dave Burgess, well, you're in for a treat. Um, you should listen to my very first episode and get to know him and then come back and listen to this one. But we are just going to be talking about fitness journey. Um, we've had a lot of educators reach out to us. We did a Facebook live on the DVC Inc. page recently and people just were asking all kinds of questions. How did you get started? What should I eat? All these different questions. So I thought, what better way to do this than to just have a conversation with someone I love talking about fitness and nutrition with and how we kind of got on this journey and how our team too, like Wendy and Shelly, there's a, there's more than just us doing this too um, on this fitness journey. So welcome to the show, Dave Burgess. We're excited to have you on the show. Hey, Tara. Thank you so much for having me on. I can't wait to talk about our fitness journeys. We both have been on one and kind of started in different places. We're going in different directions, which I think is a super important point to stress with people is there is no one right way. There's no one right system. There's no, um, hey, you have to do it. Like uh, you have to do CrossFit like Tara. You have to be uh, get into running like me. There's nothing like that at all. There's no judgment, no shame. And you see people a lot of times online in social media spaces with this uh, incredible judgment and shame about other people's fitness journey. And it's like, that is so inappropriate. Everyone starts where they are, how they can best uh, improve themselves. And, um, you know, as the, the Roosevelt quote, comparison is the thief of joy. Don't get into that comparisoning where you're looking at another person further along on that journey than you are and feeling bad about yourself just because you're starting now or you're not quite as far along. That's a, that's a deadly trap that a lot of people get into. Yes. And I definitely think we should like elaborate on that a little bit later, just because it is so true. I was just talking to um, a friend yesterday and she told me, you know, I love that you've shared your journey and your story. And she's a dear friend of mine, right? She's like, I love that you shared your journey and your story because in your stories on IG and Facebook, because if not, I would probably throw shade at you because I throw shade at those kinds of people. I'm like, why? Um, and I think, and I've gotten shade, so I know what it's like. I mean, I know it's like on the receiving end of it, but I don't quite understand that because I mean, if somebody is getting healthier and they are feeling better about themselves, then why should they have to worry about people throwing shade? And then, then you have to like, like for me, I had to get to this place where I'm like, hey, wait a second, my fitness journey has nothing to do with them. Like, what am I so worried about their opinion? 
they're not a part of my fitness journey, right? And I think that's something like some of us may have to get over, you know? Like yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's a, um, and most often that's maybe, it's, it's, it's speaking more to some sort of insecurity they have or some sort of thing that they're, they're working with in their life and they're kind of projecting that on, um, on somebody else. And I think that as long as you're sharing your journey and you're not doing so in a uh, in a judgmental way or a way that you know that makes other people that belittles other people and where they are in their place, then I think it's perfectly appropriate and inspiring to share your journey. And it takes people who are maybe looking for that little push, that little extra uh, nudge to get going, and shows them you know your struggles along the way. And I think that's an important part of this too: is that it's not just always posting the um, the the great looking selfie on Instagram, but it's also saying like, hey, you know what? I'm struggling right now. I'm having, I'm dealing with this injury, or I'm trying to overcome this, or I can't get, you know, I can't quite get this down. Uh, everyone else is, everything else else is down, but I'm struggling with it. And so, kind of sharing, and that goes with the education and teaching too, is we want people, of course, to share their highlight reel of incredible things they're doing in their classroom, but also to share some of their failures, some of their struggles, and that just makes you so much more authentic. Or um, I heard someone say, uh, like, real might be a thing that we want to be. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yesterday, I think you and I were talking about this, but I actually posted it on my Instagram story too. You know, my coach, we've been working on this pull up, and that's just kind of one of my goals like, it was to get a strict pull up, but not just a strict pull up. Like, I want to be able to do strict pull ups, like in our workout and not struggle with them. And so I have this, all of this exercise stuff that I've been doing, this extra stuff. And I'm not even on the pull-up bar. Like half of the week, I'm not on the pull-up bar. I'm doing all kinds of muscle, um, intense muscle strength training. And I call it painting the fence, like a karate kid. You know, he's just painting the fence forever and ever. And then finally he realizes like that is a move that's going to help me in the real fight. And um, I know that that's how it is right now. I'm just building some skills and some some necessary muscles to be able to do the task later. And so I think in all areas, no matter where we start, we have to know that like things just don't happen overnight. I, I wish I could do the pull-up right now and I want to be doing pull-ups. What well, does it make sense for me to try to do pull-ups the whole time if I'm not building the muscles that I need to be able to do them and sustain the workout with them? You know, like not just do one, but do them all the time, anytime I get on the bar. And so I think we have to think of this as a journey, which is a perfect place to talk about a journey on the real journey show. But it's not it's not something that you just get there. And so it kind of leads me with why did you even start your fitness journey? Maybe we could start there, Dave. Like what made you I saw a picture of you today by the way on Adam Welcome's story and I was like, who is that guy? Like I don't even know who that guy is. <laughs> yeah it was like, taken a couple of years ago and probably 30 or 40 pounds ago uh, it was long, uh, with a couple of years too and you could just see it around the midsection kind of and um that's just all kind of disappeared and yeah. so um yeah but so I, I was looking to get healthier I wanted to I've struggled um I was an athlete in high school early college had a knee surgery hip surgery and wasn't able to run for years and years and years over 30 years really I didn't run and um you got to find that first place you got to find that 
that smallest approximation of what you're looking to accomplish. Like that's with you with the pull-up. It doesn't start with doing pull-ups, right? It starts with what's the, what do I need to work on to be able to get to that pull-up? For me, it was walking. And wa- uh, sometimes people make fun of walking. Well, hey, walking is one of the greatest exercises in the world. And it's, you know, it's low impact. Anyone could do it. It doesn't cost money. Open your door and go. And that's all that it takes, right? And then you start to get a little faster pace with your walk. Get your heart rate up more and more. Maybe walk some hills, do some different things. But just start walking. That could be your entry point. Try to find an entry point, not just for you when you're working with kids. Try to find that easy entry point where someone can start and build some momentum. And so I would take the dogs out on walks. And then pretty soon I was like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty, I think I could jog to that, to the corner right now. And I would jog to the corner and then start walking again. I think I'm going to try to jog to that street light. And I jog to the street light, start walking again. And at first I was maybe running 10% of my runs, walking 90% or 90% of my trips, right? And then pretty soon it's 20% running, 80% walking. And pretty sure, pretty soon I'm like, you know what? I, I think I can run a little more, 30%, 40%. And then it all happened, October 24th, 2018. Uh, is it 2018, 2019? I, and it was, uh, but I, I ran the first time, a mile. First time in over 30 years, I ran for over a mile straight without walking. And it, that sounds ridiculous. Um, for some people, but to me, that was a huge accomplishment. And I had worked hard to get there. And then that year, started October 24th, I ran 230 times um, that year. And, you know, it was, uh, but it all started because I was willing to to start walking and then to, you know what, occasionally mix in a run here. You got to find that entry point. Tara, what was your entry point? So for me, um, well, I already kind of went to the gym and I was like doing this whole fitness pal thing, but honestly, I just didn't really feel, I mean, I felt okay, healthy. Um, so for me, it wasn't like weight loss or anything like that, but I went and talked to my, um, therapist. She's also my wellness doctor. So she studies me like completely, like my blood work and my history and like she mixes it all together and treats the whole body, the whole child, right? Um, And she suggested that I try something that I had to be a beginner at. And I had to like overcome this idea of perfectionism, because it is definitely something I struggle with. You get to see that on the daily. And um, she suggested CrossFit. I mean, I was just like, these guys are like crazy uh, athletes. Like, I don't think I could do that kind of stuff. And um, she said, you know, I have another client that did it and he loves it. It's helped him so much mentally, physically, emotionally, like it just kind of a cure-all. And I think it'd be like that for you because you're already pretty healthy. So we put this in place. It's just going to help you mentally, physically, and emotionally. So I tried it and ended up falling in love with it. And it was exactly that. It was so frustrating to have to be a beginner and not really know what was going on in the onset. And I was kind of like you, I only went two days a week at first because my body was so ridiculously sore. And I was like, I (laughs) I can't physically go every single day of the week. And then I moved up to three days a week and I did that for months. In fact, I didn't even start doing five days a week until right before quarantine. It didn't work out with my travel schedule anyway, but uh, during quarantine, had nothing better to do than to work out. You know, like I couldn't wait to get off of work so I could go work out. And that was one of the, that's kind of really when I started moving into this, like, wow, I can really sustain this. 
But I realized that was my entry point. And we can talk a little more later, but that's when I started to realize I really can't sustain this kind of working out five days a week off the food that I'm eating. <laughs> so that's where like, then it started getting into this whole nutrition thing, which is my doctor like knew all these things were going to happen, but she didn't tell me all those things. She just wanted me to get in, try it and see if I could just be a beginner at something and know that I'm never going to master it and be okay with that. Just meet these little challenges along the way and feel some success in the messiness of learning. Yeah, that's it. You, and you, so you started small, built that momentum and, and developed that consistency. And that's one of the things that we talked about uh, earlier is everybody wants the, the shortcut, the, everyone wants the hack, but it's there really is the, the, the hack is you got to you have to get up and you have to consistently do it. You have to create a habit around it. And um, I think the other part of your CrossFit journey and something I've noticed with the running, too, is the importance of community. And so you were able to tap into a community and, and feel that support and that energy. And again, they met you where you were. They didn't expect you to be where they were. They met you where you were, welcomed you at that spot, and then are leading you forward. And you have that support system around you. And I've felt the same thing about running. I have lots of people now that connect with me about running. And the, run, you know, the running community is an incredibly supportive community, an incredibly tight-knit community. And I have people that reach out to me with help all the time, or now that I've been doing it for a while, that... I, I am now welcoming other people into the community and saying like, hey, here's what you want to do. Make sure you know, you're know you doing this. I'm talking to them about their, their running. And the other thing that I noticed about what you said I think is important is you said that it was something that uh, your therapist had advised you to do. And you said something about, and you've talked to, to me about like your coach at CrossFit. Mm -hmm. And that's important that we're learners, right? And yeah. at no point, um, we're not tackling this alone. And so I'm, I'm reading books on running. I'm, I'm on websites. I'm researching. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm getting ready. I just talked to you earlier today. I'm getting ready to hire a coach. And um, you know, if you the, there's the the famous story of talking about like say Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is the uh, you know greatest basketball player in the history of the world. But guess what? Had a coach, right? And no matter who you know at the highest level of their uh, profession, whatever it is, they have somebody who's mentoring them, they have someone who is a coach. And so don't be afraid to reach out to people, don't be afraid to create that support system, that network, that community around you. And if you can't find it, reach out to Tara, reach out to me, we'll help you find it, get connected, and we would love to help you along your journey as well. It's so true. And the community piece was also one of the pieces that uh, suggested too, when she was talking about this whole, idea of having this support system. And I I think it's it's so cool because we have this app where we put our results each time. Well, and I remember when I was just on the training bar, like for lifting, and that bar is only 15 pounds. Like it's only 15 pounds, but I literally couldn't do the moves, any of the overhead lifts correctly with the right form. And you can't put weights on it until you get it down and get the form down. It's humiliating because everybody in there is lifting these big weights and you're like, I'm still learning form. But the greatest thing about um, the community, like you said, they just welcome you where, where you are. Like they would cheer me on. And when I had to put my results into the app, I had to put 15 pounds. It was my baseline. 
And it's okay because it's grown like tremendously, right? Since then I've now lived like 105 pounds on that lift where I used to only lift 15. But it's the progress. And it's also seeing that progress over time. I've only been in for nine months, but looking back and seeing where I started to where I am now, and also remembering those elite athletes. We have people that compete in big time competitions that go to my gym, cheering me on and liking my post in our app and giving me encouragement. Hey, next time, maybe you'll be able to, you know, put a little weight on there. It's going to feel a little different, but you've got your form down. That's exciting. And the coach is commenting underneath it. You know, it's stuff like that that just gives you that extra nudge. But it also reminds me like with our students, we like, it's the same concept. We have to meet them where they're at, but we also give them that feedback. Like you, you've got this now. Now you can move on to the next step. Now that you're ready for it, instead of just trying to push everybody to this fast pace or to this, like you said, this mystery pill, like if we do this, then boom, I'm going to be fit. Um, it never works like that. But if you can learn this, learn it slowly and go slow to go fast, then you, you build this strength, you build this stamina and you're able to also remember where you started and where you are now. So anyways, you mentioned, you mentioned something that really hit me. You said, go slow to go fast. And, and that's, that's a lesson that I'm learning right now. And I'm having to overcome some of my ego around time, like running times, for example. And for me, I was always running, trying to run, beat my time that I had yesterday and then beat the next time and beat this time, go, go a little further, go a little faster. And what I've learned, and it's again from outsiders, people coaching me and from research that I've been doing is, hey, you know what, that's, that's not the way for improvement, I need to do slow down. I need to do more easy days, more easy running, and in order for me to get, uh, you know, for my aerobic system to adapt, to get it to my, you know, maximum uh, aerobic function, and I need to run slower. And so now I'm running in many cases minutes, not seconds, minutes per mile slower than what I was, you know, six months ago. And that can seem so frustrating, and it seem like that you're failing and you're going backwards. But no, I'm going slow in order to eventually improve and to be able to go fast again. And but I'm going to build that base and be able and have a more solid base, a more injury-free base. Put less stress on my body um, while I'm developing, and, uh, and so I'm kind of like starting from scratch. And I'm having to overcome that. Oh my gosh, if people see my times right now, or I see people that I used to pass out on my when I'm running, I used to always be passing. Now they're passing me. They're probably thinking like, what what happened to this guy? And you know, I want to tell them, hey, hey, I'm I'm trying this like low heart rate training. Like, don't don't worry, I'm okay. But uh, you know, but so I've that ego is something that's easy to get attached to, and easy to get into. And social media can be it can contribute to that. Can and it also can stunt people's uh, journeys too. You know, when they feel like, well, if I can't go this fast, then maybe I should just not even be a part of the community anymore. Maybe I should just not put my results in the app. You know, for me. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to put my results in that. For example, a similar concept. Uh, we just got a new um, athlete join our gym, and she is a coach for KU rowing. So she's young. She's super young. But she rowed for four years, and then she graduated, and now she's a coach there. Anyways, we have to do a lot of rowing on the machines. And she was my partner a couple Saturdays ago, and it was a crap ton of rowing. And of course, she's like slaying over there. And I'm like, way behind. Um, 
And so she's like, hey, would you like me to show you some things? Because it's, at first you're going to have to go slower. You're going to go slower, but you're going to save so much energy. You're going to be using the right muscles. I know you said that your lats are needing strengthening for this pull-up goal that you have. It's going to help you there. And she literally showed me how to row. Like, clearly I wasn't doing it right. It was working and it was, I was going fast, but I was using so much energy. I was so exhausted. And I noticed she's like not exhausted and she's pulling way harder than I was. And so she showed me just a few little things like, and I am, I, I'm a slower rower now, but we move like as far as how far I'm moving, as far as meters, it's going far with way less energy exerted. So I'm, I'm building back up, but I had to learn it kind of backward. I've been doing that for nine months wrong. Um, so I think, you know, as you join this journey, so you get on the fitness journey and things start to feel like it's not working, it's okay to like back up and adjust a little bit and make it better. One of the things I noticed right off the bat is the scale wasn't moving like at all. I quit weighing because I was like, I'm never losing any weight. Like, how am I working out this much? And it was only three times a week then, but it was hard workouts. And I'm like, I never do that. And I should be losing weight. And I wasn't losing weight. But I, I realized quickly my body composition was changing drastically. And so I think, you know, sometimes what we, the goal that we have our eyes set on is not necessarily the goal that's going to make us the best us. And help us to get to that healthy place that we're really searching for because we're just focused on the wrong thing. Like scale weight is definitely the wrong thing. Yeah, you have to be sure what metrics. I, both of us love to tra track our metrics, right? We love to we love those to get into that, like analytics. And, you know, I'm looking at my cadence of, as I, you know, what, how, how fast I have a turnover when I'm running. I want to know my pace. I want to know my heart rate. I want to know all these things. So I'm tracking all these metrics. But you have to make sure you're tracking to the right ones. And, and scale weight for sure is the wrong metric. It's one piece of a much larger set of data that's important. And as educators, we know that, for example, we don't want to be over overemphasized standardized test scores. Yes. We want them to do well on the test. And yes, that is one piece of a student's profile, right? How they perform on that test. But we would never define a student by their test score. That's the wrong metric, right? But then how quickly, how many people on their fitness journey will define their success or failure based on what it says when they step on the scale. And that's absolutely the wrong metric to be tracking. It's okay to track it. As long as you don't get in your head about it and use it, realize this one thing, this is about wellness. It's about fitness. It's about feeling good, right? It's about feeling good to yourself. It's about how you want to, how you want to look, all these different things, but it's not about your scale weight for sure. It's about, it's, it has to be about wellness. Yeah. One of the things our coaches have us do, um, well, I recently posted a beginning picture and a now picture um, in a swimsuit. And I remember, I remember Coach Clay saying, how much weight have you actually lost? And I was like, seven pounds, only seven pounds, like in nine months. And he's like, and your body composition is completely different, which is what makes me so proud of you for just continuing the journey and not focusing on, on the scale weight, because the scale weight is just so small. Um, seeing the journey is what's so empowering. That's what keeps me going. It gets me excited because sometimes I can't remember what 
I didn't really remember what I looked like at the onset. I just remember not being as strong. And then now I'm like, whoa, that is a huge difference in body composition. Like everything switched around because muscles need more, um, they weigh more. And they also need different things for nutrition. So I started changing up my diet and what I ate. And I knew that I had to fuel my body with what it needed to be able to do those workouts. And I know that you've been experiencing this too. And so it's, it, it kind of all just blends together. I think what people think is I have to do all these things at one time. And I tell people every time when they're starting, just move your body 10 minutes a day and try to drink a gallon of water. Honestly, those two things right there will be a game changer in three, five weeks. You'll see some difference. If you're not moving at all and you start moving at least 10 minutes a day and you try to drink a gallon of water, successful or not, you just drink a lot more water every day. Those two things alone are going to change the way you feel about yourself. And that is how it all kind of gets started. And then you start realizing, like I was realizing, man, I need more protein in my diet. I can't physically do what I'm doing, eating all this junk crap that I was eating. It wasn't very many calories, but it was all bad calories, like sugar and carbs. And it wasn't keeping me sustained. And I was feeling lightheaded by the end of the workouts. So we started to figure out like, what kind of food do I need to eat? And how do I need to base that 1500 calorie diet or whatever? I needed more protein and fat and less carbs to make me feel better. And so you start to figure out like what your body needs. Yeah. And so that's so important. Like when you think about a car, for example, I mean, the idea, if you're going to drive it further and faster, um, you, you can't drive it on empty. You have to, it has to, you have to fill it up. And we, with our cars, when it said, when our car says it needs an oil change, we, we go get an oil change because we don't want to have that repair bill, right? We don't have to mess our car up. And when it's on empty, we go get gas because we don't want to be sitting on the side of the road. But when our body is telling us these things, we're so resistant sometimes. Sometimes, like if you're hungry, it's because you got to eat. You need fuel. You know, you can't any anything that you're doing for nutrition. If it's leaving you hungry every day, then it's like it's uh, it's it's going to be a self defeating um, proposition, right? And so you have to fuel your body. And the more you move your body, the more you work your body, the more fuel it's going to need. And so the fact that you're eating more might scare you. But it's actually, in the long run, it's going to be good for you. And the, the other thing that um, we both have talked about is the need for recovery. And I see a lot of people who start on a fitness journey and uh, very quickly either burn out or become injured um, because they want it all to happen right now. They want to go too fast and they don't want to allow their body time for recovery. And um, your coach tells you, hey, can't do anything today. Right? This is an off day, not a like light day. Tara, this is an off day, right? And same thing for me. I have days that are off days, and I have to allow. I said, "Oh gosh, I want to work out today. I want to go run." It's like, no, you know what? Your body needs to recover. You need to, have to be able to process those adaptations and all those different things. And so, don't be afraid to take an off day. Um, when it, you should take at least we. I think we would both agree at least once a week. You should be completely down and recovering. Totally. It's so funny too, because like at the beginning of my journey, I I couldn't wait for the rest days, which I had a lot. <laughs> I had more rest days than I'd workout days. And then I got to where I craved it. And so the rest days became super boring day. 
And I started adding them as active recovery because I had seen some of our athletes do active recovery. And I was like, oh, I can do that. I can do active recovery. It's kind of the same thing as recovery. But um, because of all of the extra work, so we were doing classwork and then some extra work that I'm trying to work on these different other skills. My coach is like, you have to have full recovery. Full recovery means like on Thursdays and Sundays, I don't do anything. And it's so boring, but it's funny to watch Daryl because he just joined the CrossFit journey and he is like stoked about Thursday and Sunday. He's like, yes, rest day tomorrow. Like he's so excited. And I'm like, oh, that means it's really boring. Like I got to put everything on my schedule for that day to do everything. So I'm going to stay so busy. I don't think about not working out. And I think that's kind of where you end up when you build this habit and you have this commitment that you've made and it's no longer like I have to do it. It's fun. Like you're excited about it. You may not be super stoked about the next run or the next workout because it's going to be hard, but you know how it makes you feel. And so you like that. And so you crave it and it gets to the place where even on recovery day, you're like, I can't wait for tomorrow, but giving your body that time for rest, it does so many great things for your body. Even our, our elite athletes, all of our competitors, they take one to two recovery days a week not active recovery, straight up recovery. And so um, don't, don't think that you have to do these streaks. I think that's kind of a myth. Some people do it. That's fine. I'm not mocking you. But um, giving your body time to recover allows those muscles time to heal. And it also gives you an, a boost of energy. It's just like restarting your computer. You just give it some time down. And then when it comes back, it's ready to go. It's all functioning properly. A lot of times I meet my PRs when I come off of recovery, almost always, actually. Yeah, and if you, if you are someone who uh, wants to participate or you are participating in a streak or anything like that, just make sure at the bare minimum that you have some very easy days in there, right? And so not every day has to be a hard day. So even with now, with me, with one recovery day per week, still I have easy days on some of the other days and also because I'm have some different issues with injuries and all that. Um, I'm trying to use a variety of cross training. So I realized, Hey, you know what, my body right now, I can't, I can't run every day um, up to my recovery day. I need to mix in some cycling. So I do the Peloton and mix that in sometimes in between my runs. And that's something that's allowed me to be able to keep some consistency and I can work on my heart rate, work on my aerobic capacity and all that without the pounding of the running. And then the other thing is a real fo the focus on form is that as I've gotten better and better and more focused on proper running form, I'm running in a, with less impact and stress on my body. And so that's something that's been helpful too. And part of that recovery for me is consistent, like relentless use of the foam roller and the uh, massaging stick and stretching and all those. I, I see my chiropractor and I'm doing all these things that help me stay ready. It, you're an athlete. At any point in your fitness journey, you have to see yourself as an athlete. And um, like for me, the big turning point was when I no longer saw myself as someone who was going out to do a run and saw myself as a runner. Right. And so I was like, oh, and, and if you are running, you are a runner. You know, there's no, you don't have to have any sort of uh, credentials. If you're participating in the activity, you are that, that you are an athlete. 
And so you need to treat yourself like an athlete and uh, professional athletes, they do all these things. They ice, they stretch, they have, uh, they get massages, you know, I have a massage therapist and whatever it is that they need to function at their best. They commit to that and they do that. And even though we are amateurs, right, um, we can still take that little more professional viewpoint and mindset of like, hey, I'm an athlete. And so today is my recovery day. But you know what? I'm getting on the foam roller. I'm getting down on the floor. I'm stretched. I'm going to work out these muscles. I'm going to be ready for tomorrow. And I think that's something that uh, really helps you be able to have that consistency and, and keep injury free. Totally. And I think it's, it's, it's great to call yourself. I call myself an athlete. I call my fellow athletes athletes too. We, um, I think it's just a mindset thing too. You know, just that's what you want to be. That's what you you're doing it. You're working out, right? You're a runner. You're, you blog, you're a writer, you know, you speak, you're a speaker. Um, you don't have to be embarrassed or be like, you know, sometimes talking about CrossFit, I'm like, man, I'm barely in, you know, these people have been in forever, but it doesn't matter. I haven't been in very long, but I've learned some things. And so why not share some of the journey? And I think that's where we kind of have to, like Dave is talking about, even with this piece of recovery, at first, neither of us had recovery days. You didn't. Like when I used to run and work out at the gym, I didn't have recovery day. I just still did it. I, one day I would run, the other day I would do gym. Like it was just like every day, you know. And um, once I joined CrossFit, I realized, you know, we have to have these, like they don't even, they used to not even open the gym on Thursdays. So you had to recover on that day or you had to do your own thing. And so learning how to listen to your body because during that recovery time, I realized, okay, stretching, foam roller. Now I have this awesome massage gun that I can use. I got it for my birthday from the purchases. Um, so I use that too. But listening to your body, do I need more food this day? Like, what is it that I need to be able to be ready? Because I'm about to start back. And then I want to be able to have all the fuel and then all of the strength to be able to do the things that I'm trying to tackle for the rest of the week. And I think we just need to do that with our kids too. I mean, when I think about this for education, I think it's really something we should consider. Um, you know, for throwing out so much content, we might need to give them a moment to process it. And I think that's what we are giving your body, your muscles a moment to like process everything that just happened and be able to then take it and just apply it to the next skill. And I, I feel like in our minds, that's something that we need as well. Sometimes we just need that time to like recover from all the chaos and then move forward. Yeah, that's a great point about the processing time for kids. And too often, I think we, you know, we teach something and then move on to the next thing, the next thing, the next the next thing and then that's why we students lack retention is because they didn't have that time to, to to process it and really to bring it home and they talk about this with um weightlifting so if you want to develop muscle you know muscle growth size um while you're lifting weights you are breaking down the fibers of your muscle you're breaking down your muscle fibers and then if you lift the next day well then you're not getting the growth that you wanted because your muscle fibers didn't have time to rebuild uh, bigger and stronger, right? So you have to break down your muscle fibers and then you give them time to build back up. So you have to take that downtime in between working out the same muscle group and then and then you can lift again, break it down. But if you keep lifting, lifting, lifting on the same muscle group at a very heavy and hard pace, 
then what's going to happen is those muscle fibers never have time to recover. And so you have to have that time for your body to uh, process those adaptations. Yeah, one of the things, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when Daryl first started CrossFit, he... Um, he would say, man, after the rest day, I just don't want to go back. Like I'm already sluggish. Like I don't want to go back. And I think that's, uh, maybe that affects some people. I didn't, I didn't really feel that way with me. I was always ready, but, um, I, he started out going five days a week. So that's different than how I started out. Right. I started out only three days a week. He started working out with me during quarantine. I was working out five days a week. So he was doing it too, sometimes four, but that's another thing I think that we have to remind ourselves. Don't like listen to your body. Yes. But also don't get too in your head to where you get to this place of feeling back into your old habits. So I always say, don't, don't allow too many rest days in between, you know, a rest day. I always say like one and then work out the next day. And then one, if you need a lot of rest days throughout the week, split them up by working out because sometimes taking two in a row, man, that just right there sometimes can just make you feel super sluggish and you're like, oh, I don't want to go back. I'm going to be sore again. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's helpful to create a routine that you can get into and be a part of. And for me, like, for example, my routine, my best is to work is to, I get up in the morning, feed the dogs, go do my thing. And that's that's like, and so I'm run before even breakfast. I run fasted in the morning and that's just what works for me. And I know that if I push off working out until later in the day, then things come up. Uh, something gets scheduled that I didn't know was on the calendar. I get behind on something and I need to just put it into the schedule. And I, I blogged about this one time, but there was, a, there was this, this woman who, what she did, she swam every single day. And she's now, she's, I think she's in her 60s. Every single day she would swim. And someone asked her like, how do you fit that into your schedule? You're such a busy person. You're doing all those things. And she's like, no, 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 wait. You don't understand. That is what goes in first. And then everything else has to fit into my schedule around my, I swim every day. And then everything else has to, has to fit around that. And that's the same thing with like, say, Seth Godin. He blogs every single day, which is just this incredible thing. Those of us who blog know uh, how difficult that would be to blog. He's blogged every single day for years and years and years. And so now it no longer becomes, hey, am I going to write today? It becomes, what am I going to write about today? <laughs> He's already made the decision on the front end. He writes, he blogs every day. And so we have to do that as, as, uh, as on our fitness journey is, hey, every week I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run this many days and I'm going to ride the Peloton this many. That's, that's a, that's a, I'm not making a decision every day. I already made that decision. I'm committed. Everything else has to fit around it. I'm doing that. And so if we can create those routines and those commitments and make a real strong commitment to that consistency, then it removes that. You don't want to be in that struggle spot of like, oh, I wonder what I should, if I'm going to work out today. No, like commit ahead of time. This is what you do and then do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all about commitment. And I think that goes back to what we were saying at the onset. Um, once you build that in and you know it's a non-negotiable, like one of the things that Daryl and I both have with our calendar is we will only move it once. Like if we have to move working out. So for me, some travel time is coming up. I'm going to have to move things around. I've already looked at it because it matters to me. So I want to know like which class am I going to 
fit in or am I going to have to do a basement workout? And if so, I'm going to talk to my coach and make sure that we can adapt that workout that week to be able to fit me in the basement when I get home from traveling or at the hotel. So it just becomes like it's going to happen. It's just a matter of how it's going to happen for me because I need equipment. I I could just go out and run, but if I want to stay on the programming that we're doing, I need to be able to adapt it to wherever I am. And that commitment over time is really what people start to see. So when people see the journey and they're like, sometimes they don't see the whole thing. They just see like the highlight reel we were talking about earlier. But what what that highlight reel really is, is just a bunch of commitment over a long amount of time. And then you're getting to see some of the results of it. And you have to be creative sometimes to work, to be able to work it in. And, you know, I've had to, when I was traveling a lot, that was this real struggle for me. And so I just, I had to learn workarounds. Like, okay, what works for me is when I get to the hotel, no matter what time I get to the hotel, I put my stuff into the room, put on my workout clothes, I go right then and do it. And I know that if I don't, if I, uh, put the TV on in the hotel room, or if I go to dinner and say, well, maybe I'll go after dinner, it's not going to happen. Um, so it w- became a commitment that this is what I do. I go set my suitcases down in the room. I immediately open up, put my workout clothes on, and I go right then. That's just, that's what it had to be for me. When I went to Hawaii, I was on quarantine for two weeks, and I could not leave my property for two weeks, and the Peloton wasn't there yet, and so what did I do? So I went out and trimmed landscaping and bushes in order to create a clear path around the house. And I was running, if you go look on my Instagram back a while, you'll see some of the maps of these runs. I was running you know, three to five miles in tight circles around the house, uh, around the property. So it'd be like 47, 50 laps on the GPS uh, running around the house in order to be able to get my miles in. And I was, cause I was committed. Listen, this is how many miles I'm running this week. This is how many times I'm running and I can't leave my property. So that means it's going to happen here. This tree branch has got to go. And I got to clear this path around here because I'm going to be running this property. And when you get that mindset, I mean, there's nothing stopping you. Like you said, if you just get creative, you figure out a way to make it happen. I mean, we had to work out on our porch with like, kettlebells, whatever, air squats. There's so many ways to move your body. So many ways and so many healthy ways. And that's why when people are like, what can I do for 10 minutes? I don't like running or I'm too heavy to be able to run right now. Like it would be, I'm like, they walk, you know, walk is a great, like, like Dave said earlier, that's a great exercise. But if you don't like to walk, then dance, like turn on songs three songs, jam up songs and move your body the whole time. Don't stop and try to drink a gallon of water. Honestly, that's my best advice to get started because no matter what, you're going to see see and feel results. Water does so many things to your body. It's free. Take some time to breathe. That's free. You can do that anytime. And then move your body at least 10 minutes a day and slowly build that those minutes up, you know, until you yeah. doing something you love. Yeah. And once, once you start, you'll usually do more, right? So if you say, well, I'm only going to do it for this long and then that sounds easy. Right. But then you get going on it. And you're like, okay. And then you end up going longer. And that's one I've put this on my story several times. I'm like, Hey, uh, just finished this run, blah, blah, blah. How, like, what, how are you going to move today? And 
Uh, it could be, it doesn't matter, walk, swim, bike, yoga, Pilates, stretch, what, whatever it is, just engage in some sort of activity, make that a part of your routine. And again, um, don't allow anyone to judge where you are on your fitness journey and don't you judge yourself harshly where you are on your fitness journey. Um, just because, again, just because Tara does CrossFit, you don't need to do CrossFit. Just because I run doesn't mean you need to run. Whatever it is that you do is perfectly fine. And uh, we would, I, I'm, I'm loving a chance to connect with people who are just starting out on their journey. And so, and I know Tara, you feel the same way. And so please feel free to contact either of us. We are certainly not experts. Um, that's why we have coaches. <laughs> but, uh, but we would love to, to connect with people and to help them along on their journey too. Well, and one more thing that I started, we talked about fitness parts, starting small. But same with adding and taking things away from your diet. Um, there's something about just going on a diet that freaks me out. I hate it. I feel like that means I'm going to be starving because that's kind of diets I ever went on. And a lot of times people, Dave, ask me like, what, what pre-workout are you using? What post-workout? What pill do you take? All these things. But well, I do none of them. None of them. And that's where I just started slowly realizing, you know what? All of the ice cream that I love to eat, and you guys know I love ice cream, like crazy love it it wasn't serving me. Like it really just wasn't helping me to eat a bowl, big bowl of ice cream every single night. And so um, I started realizing, okay, maybe I can cut my bowls of ice cream to two a week. And then I just slowly cut it out to where I, where I eat halo ice cream. It's not even really ice cream, but it's okay. It works. And I'm, I'm convinced that I like it and it tastes like ice cream. And so little stuff like that. I started realizing, okay, so Twizzlers, eating a whole bag of Twizzlers while I'm working on the computer is not really serving me. <laughs> and neither is drinking a lot of coffee because I was so hyped up. I couldn't go to sleep very well. I wasn't sleeping very well. That's another thing. We could do a whole thing on sleep because I know both of us measure our sleep too. We're trying to get better at sleeping. And, you know, I started realizing, why am I doing this? Like, I'm just doing this because it just feels good or something and it tastes good in the moment, but it really doesn't help me to perform. So once you build that commitment of doing and moving your body, it's not long afterward, you're like, man, maybe there's one thing I can like subtract out or add in, add in a little more water, take out a little sugar and then just kind of work like that. Don't go all out on a diet because then you just started a fitness journey and you're going to feel like a failure if you can't accomplish all of it. So stay with your moving and then just slowly take things out of your diet that aren't helping you to be able to move more. Because that's what happened with me. Well, that may work with you. That's what happened with me. And before I knew it, I was counting macros. I was putting the right amounts of protein. I'm never hungry at the end of the night. And I always eat, and I eat less calories than I ever used to eat. It's the craziest thing, but I just eat the right things. And it keeps me sustained, and it helps me to move my body and do the things I want to do. So try not to make it so hard. Just set little tiny goals. Yeah, I think that this is always my advice to people on the diets. If I, I'm not a fan of the highly restrictive diets. And if you... If you're doing something which makes you unhappy um, and you don't like the food that you're eating, um, it's, you're not going to have long-term success. You can take a highly restrictive diet 
of something that you don't enjoy and don't like, and you can have short-term progress and see short-term success, but this is about a lifestyle. And if that, if this cannot be something that's an ongoing part of your lifestyle, then it's probably, it's probably not a good thing, right? And so you want to be able to um, really, really have change your lifestyle as opposed to do something like, well, if I just do this for 60 days, then I'll get that weight off and then I'll be fine again. Well, no, because then when you go back to your previous lifestyle, you just put that, uh, that weight back on, right? And so it's got to be something that's a lifestyle change for you. And if it's going to be a lifestyle change, it has to be something that you, that you enjoy and you don't feel like you're constantly depriving yourself and you're not leaving yourself hungry. I think that's kind of the thing too. Once you start adding the things that your body actually needs, getting rid of some of the things it doesn't need gets easier. You're just like, I mean, I don't even miss, I haven't tasted a Twizzler in months. And I used to love those. Like they helped me do DVC work, but I don't need them anymore. They didn't really help me at all. And so I was like, why am I even eating them? Well, sometime we'll have a podcast fight about why red vines are better than Twizzlers, but we won't get into that now. <laughs> I forgot you had that. You have a blog about it, don't you? I think I post a picture of it, maybe. <laughs> awesome. Well, y'all, if you try your fitness journey and you're you're looking for an entry point, um, just move your body. Move your body. Start there, and then start with just some easy things that you can, you know, you can do. And please, by all means, don't get on the scale and start measuring it in that way only, because that can be very defeating. And if you need some encouragers, we got you. We absolutely got you. Just reach out, connect with us, and uh, we'll be there for you. Yeah. And I think really, Dave, we I think we've gotten all these questions about fitness and nutrition because people know that going into the semester, it's going to be challenging. And so they realize like, hey, I've kind of left off all summer because I was so stressed on all these ways. And now I'm ready to like get my mind clear, get my body ready for this. And so I think now more than ever, we need self-care. Like we need to take care of our body, just like we would our car <laughs> we talked about earlier or anything else. Yeah, it's, for me, it's absolutely been a lifesaver in a mental health way. Um, I feel better. I have less anxiety. And I, when I go out and it's almost like a moving meditation, right? I have a time, time out on my own to process things and to get breathing and um, so there's a great, it's not just a physical health, but it's a great, has great mental health benefits as well. Yeah. And we need, we need you all to be everybody listening to be mentally healthy, to be able to make it through this global pandemic. And this is just one way that we can take care of our own self. I mean, your body shows up for you every single day. There's not very many humans you can say that do that. So you got to take care of it. So thanks for joining the Real Journey show. I hope that you gain some inspiration and you will actually try some of these things. And please, if you do um, and you don't already follow us, you should follow us on social media. Tag us when you are doing your moving or your diet or anything that you're changing that's helping you to be more um, healthy and caring for your self-wellness. Tag us. We would love to cheer you on along your journey. Thanks so much for having me, Tara. Yep, thanks for joining. Have a great one next week. Same place, same time. We'll see you. Thank you so much for joining The Real Journey Show. We are excited you tuned in today and hope that you have left feeling inspired and empowered to stay real and share your real journey with others. 
Remember, real, it's all about being relatable, exposing a little vulnerability, approachable, and learning through life. You can connect with me on Twitter at TaraMartinEDU or visit my website, TaraMMartin.com. Please use the hashtag RealJourneyShow to share your thoughts of today's episode. Tune in next week, The Real Journey Show.